Christmassy than a lady with child. And hello and welcome to a Christmas special of the podcast panel show that wants to do the right thing in any situation. For example, what is the right way to roast chestnuts? On an open fire, having removed all the pubic hair first. Um, <laughs> in London, I'm Danielle Warden, with me trying to do the right thing this Christmas. They say you're only as old as the woman you feel, so he's sad and alone years old. It's Michael Lay! I've never seen anyone look so pleased by being so convincingly slammed. <laughs> Just glad to be part of it, really, guys. <laughs> him she's still waiting for that call to play Darlene in a regional touring production of Roseanne the Musical it's Jess Foster Q <laughs> and on my right she's smart old and empty <laughs> get through it I knew it I knew it we're waiting <laughs> and on my right she's smart old and empty of come. <laughs> so happy <laughs> and with her he's the face of positive discrimination gone mental <laughs> Nish Kumar <laughs> hey what is this do the white thing Jesus <laughs> am I right no <laughs> um, make my wish come true all I want for Christmas is round one importance of being right. Just like the whole of Western society in 2017, I've run into some unexpected problems online. <laughs> in this round, I'm going to give each team a seasonal scenario, and they're going to tell me what the right thing to do is, according to Frosty the Cyberman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already having a great time. <laughs> Just watching Daniel have a breakdown. <laughs> Michael and Jess, it's Netflix and chill night round at yours, but your date has stormed off after you insist... Our date? <laughs> We're very modern, aren't we? <laughs> Go with it. We're having exactly the same night alone in our own homes. <laughs> that does sound like me. <laughs> but your date has stormed off after you insisted on watching the entire first series of The British Empire. <laughs> With one genital exposed. <laughs> Ashamed, you step outside for a quick cigarette when you see a scary clown standing in the middle of your vast lake. Suddenly, the scary clown disappears. You're impressed by his magic until you realise the lake was frozen and he's actually plunged into the cold, dark fish water. So what is the right way to save someone who has fallen through ice, according to VeryWell.com? <laughs> I'm too distracted thinking about what it would be like to get just one of my genitals out. <laughs> That's certainly a noodle scratcher, isn't it? <laughs> I've, I've got a leg. Yeah, that surprised you, didn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I've got a leg. What, in Lewisham? <laughs> it's a sort of leg. It's mainly sick and crying. But no, no, no. It's mental. My dad bought a fucking lake. Oh, so your dad's got a lake? Yeah, yeah but he's going to die. 
Well, how do you buy a lake? Yeah, well, I was confused about it as well. But apparently, you can buy lakes. Is it in his back garden? No, it's in like it's, it's where lakes live. In, the lake know, district. Lake <laughs> district. <laughs> that's, the only, that's the only one I know. Yeah. Jess, do you like ice skating? I, I asked for an ice skating party for my 10th birthday party and my best friend, William Spickett, <laughs> whose parents ran a sweet shop and that's why I stayed best friends with him for ages. Because <laughs> after dinner, we would be able to go and choose some sweets from pudding. Um, and he came along and he smashed his head open on the ice within about five minutes. It's Did like all the worst fall birthday out? party ever. Yeah. <laughs> The human piñata. No, I'm really scared of having my fingers. Yeah, me too. It's horrible, isn't it? Why don't you learn to stay upright and then... (laughs) I mean, why why are you on your hands anyway? Ice crawling. (laughs) Are Are you into skating, Nish? I can't walk. Like, on land. I just fall over for no reason sometimes. And I do not see the appeal of standing on top of knives on some ice for ages. It holds no appeal to me. I'd rather just walk slowly around a gravel area and then just... That's my idea of a wild time. what you did for your 10th birthday? Well, I... (laughs) Margaret, you grow up in Croydon, you do these things, okay? I have never fallen off ice skates. Never. Don't think I've been on ice skates. I've been on them loads. And I've never fallen once. How is that possible? I don't know. Do you go onto the rink? (laughs) You're confusing me with the technical terms, Margaret. The fact is, I have never fallen. Or stood up. <laughs> tip there for the beginners. Anyway, why are we saving a scary? Exactly. Fuck right. him. Let him die. No, we were impressed by him. He's only dressed like a scary clown. Oh. oh. I mean, in a way, I aren't all clowns like one. just dressed like a scary clown? No one's. They're not born like that. I, I'm sorry, but if you're dressed like a scary clown, you're a scary clown. Like, yeah, if no, I, I saw agree. a scary clown going, eh, do you want a balloon? And it turned out it was Malala. It would still be fucking terrible. Amazing, yeah. I'd be like, Milana, what are you doing in a drain? That's what that It reboot was missing. Yeah. Malala. Have you uh, you ever done Netflix and chill, Michael? Have I ever had sex? (laughs) Yes. Do you want me to go into detail? Tell them, Michael, I dress as a scary clown. (laughs) Tell them what you say afterwards. (laughs) <laughs> now that's unfair <laughs> we were having a private conversation what did you say afterwards I just got you so pregnant that's why <laughs> <laughs> do you really Once someone like realises they've just had sex with me, you have to break the tension. <laughs> Does anybody find the idea of falling through ice particularly scary? Mm. Absolutely everyone in the world, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like some people, it's a real fear. That's not an, like an irrational fear because that's a terrifying yeah, it's thing. A, a real yeah, fear. Yeah. It's like it's probably the only thing worse than being buried alive. What about to be drowned being in set on ice fire. cold ice while there's like an ice roof above you, so you can't get to air. You've really painted a picture there. <laughs> You're welcome. I've, I've changed my answer. I'd love to die that way. I mean, that isn't quite what the question was supposed to be, was it? <laughs> I wasn't quite. I'm 
supposed to be giving what? some advice? How, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, is it how you're supposed to save them? Yeah. Yes. Make Fracking. <laughs> Set fire to the lake. <laughs> oh, that's a good answer. Thank you. <clears throat> with, you know what? When you've owned a lake for as long as I have. <laughs> <laughs> what about breaking the ice? Oh, and, we see. And, and finally having a conversation with <laughs> <laughs> I think send a, a dog in. Yeah. stories almost always the person drowning has gone in to save their dog and the dog is fine <laughs> and there's always a picture of the dog looking a bit embarrassed yeah. on the news <laughs> next to their corpse owner <laughs> um, i wonder whether but if it, so my extremities are always cold but my body is always really hot so mm. i wouldn't want to like put a hand in because that might snap off. But Put my your tummy. arms on top yeah. of the ice. Well, no, yeah. my bum gets wet. My tummy gets always really hot. You could just dangle your guts in the, <laughs> in the crevice that they've fallen in and hope that there's enough dangling in that they can, <laughs> like, grapple an actual grapple hold of tummy, of tummy. Again, that's a real picture, you yeah. think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think we're all You're welcome. That. Just throw in one of your genitals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, all oh, I'm yeah. saying is, like, in the ice, it, there might not be a huge amount to grab hold of <laughs> genitals wise because you're I mean yeah. without wishing to be particularly indecorous your cock and balls head north for the winter but weirdly your lips they get it's <laughs> <laughs> so like a life raft I don't know what's wrong with me I'm sorry <laughs> read the book yeah. Men Are From Mars Women Are From Venus but I hope that sort of thing is in there aside from your um, life boy lips yeah how would you oh god how would it's you... always something like form a ladder out of some other people you care less about <laughs> Michael and Jess um, a simplified question what is the one classic mistake you want to avoid if someone has fallen through ice joining them <laughs> <laughs> classic <again>. mistake <laughs> you wouldn't do it in any other would you if, like, if someone had just jumped off a bridge you wouldn't be like I'm coming <laughs> I think I can catch you if I fall faster <laughs> try and land on me Ben uh, what, what's the actual answer for ages yeah. I thought we weren't going to get anywhere but I've actually got quite a few points to give out here is it the lips <laughs> Yes. Yeah! <laughs> so, um, verywell.com have a catchy rhyming six-point rescue plan. It, oh, it goes, preach, reach, throw, row, go, treat hypothermia. <laughs> so, preach means to get instructions. The classic mistake is you don't want to be the next one to fall in by getting too close to the same thin ice. So, point to Michael for that. So uh, let them know you're trying to help, but you're going to do it safely and from a distance. <laughs> uh, and now half a point for Margaret here. If you can't talk the victim out of the ice, your next best bet is to try to reach them. Use ladders. Margaret suggested a ladder made out of people, so I gave a half a point. Use ladders, poles, or anything handy. Don't go any closer to the victim or further onto the ice than you have to. Ben, if just a moment. How do you talk the victim out of the ice? It's... Come on, mate. Yeah. <laughs> We've all, laugh. We've all had a laugh. We've all had a drink. If reaching doesn't work, throw them a line. 
Okay, so I gave Margaret half a mark for a dog here. Um, <laughs> I sort of thought throwing them a line was a bit like sending a dog in. Throw them a line, a rope, jump leads, or a garden hose, for example. Try to get the victim to tie it around themselves. That doesn't work with the dog. Um, before hypothermia makes it difficult for them to use their hands. Um, Michael also said, throw in one of your gentles. And yeah. uh, for the use of the word throw, half a point to Michael as well. It's all pretty tenuous. Yeah. Uh, if this isn't possible, you have to get the victim yourself. Take something to float or row on, so that if the ice breaks under you, you'll be floating on the cold water instead of swimming in it. So Margaret's lips... Half a point for Michael. Extraordinary, extraordinary turn of events. Half... Wait, we got half a point for your vagina boat. <laughs> I mean, if it's as buoyant as you say it is. Um, and then half a point for Jess here. If all else fails, you might have to go get them. Don't walk upright. Lay down and roll or slide up the edge of the Dangle ice. Dangle your guts in! Dangle your guts in! <laughs> Spread your body weight over a larger surface area, which is essentially pressing your guts to the ice, yeah. so why not? Amazing. And oh, finally, uh, treat hypothermia. Verywell.com don't give any practical advice about how to do this. <laughs> Though I presume there was some link I was meant to click on. <laughs> <laughs> Slick, Ben. Margaret and Nish, it's Christmas Eve and unfortunately for you, your wife has invited a load of terrorists to her work's Christmas do. <laughs> Bitch. Uh, Danielle, those aren't terrorists, those are my uncles, okay? <laughs> and yes, some of them are terrorists. Yes, but that is... exactly, same thing. I didn't like the assumption. While she's gabbing away, getting colleagues shot, it's up to you to single-handedly stop these bad guys using only a vest and the blood from your feet, which you do with great elegance. Afterwards, your wife is so grateful she lets you unwrap one of your presents early. But it's really shit. You hate it, and your feet are sore, and it's your main present, not even one of the little ones. So what is the right way to react if you're given a Christmas present you hate, according to wikihow.com? <laughs> But Tell my... her to go fuck herself. Oh, even though she's just saved you from your uncles. Oh, yeah. No, she hasn't saved you. You no, saved no, no, her. No, no, you saved her. Oh, this is yeah. what I mean. That's why you've got the window. If you've done something nice for someone, you're in a window where for the next 24 hours you can be a complete cunt. Oh. <laughs> that real treat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best gift you've ever received? Margaret. Oh, worst. This isn't actually my worst, but I did once. Um, I've got a, a group of old friends who we do a secret Santa thing. So everyone spends five pounds, and we're nice people, so they're not all shitty presents. And my friend's new boyfriend came, so he doesn't know any of us. And what he chose to buy was a tube of Vagisil, <laughs> which is a weird choice. But what was weirder was my friend feeling bad about this and worried about how that was going to go over and um, bought the best of the proclaimers and put it in with it but that makes it a <laughs> which went down very well but we're sitting there with the Vagisil going like don't work makes it easier to walk mean? 500 miles <laughs> really smooth Nish what's the uh, worst present you've ever been given oh uh, one year for my birthday my friend got me it was a joke present I wasn't offended by it but it, I don't understand why this item existed. It was an old, hands-free mobile phone kit from like the late 90s. And when I say hands-free mobile phone kit, what I mean is it was a thick rubber band 
that you just stuck on your head and then just jammed the phone in. But it was packaged as a hands-free mobile phone kit. And we tried it, and genuinely, I nearly passed out. Like, you cannot take a call with it because it cuts the oxygen off to your brain. I do not understand why it exists. The only time I'm jealous of um, people in burkas... They work. Yeah, that it works. does. The, the, the number work. of times I see people in burkas chatting on the phone with, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a really useful, you know, culture. <laughs> guys, this is what, this is what on, the guys. French are missing out on with their. This, and this, we've not said this enough, I think, in politics. This is the single worst thing about the burqa ban. It's that it's a very handy way of Muslim women making phone calls whilst they're doing something else. <laughs> That was Take- the worst thing about the balaclava. Couldn't get anything in there. No, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Michael, you must have uh, given some terrible gifts in your time. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? It's probably the first time that I had a Christmas with a proper girlfriend and she said... You, it's a f- <laughs> famous phrase that partners always say and she actually said it in real life. Get me something I wouldn't expect and I don't need and I bought her some rowing oars. <laughs> <laughs> She deserved that, frankly. And you know what? They were really expensive. They were like 100 quid. 100 quid for two... For a joke. Absolutely useless bits of wood. Did you make her keep the oars? Why would you say no to oars? (laughs) Did your dad have his lake at this point? (laughs) Yeah, he would have. He would have. First Valentine's Day I had with my now husband, I said, I can't stand all of the marketing, all of that sticking pink stickers on things. And I said, you get me something that nobody could have marketed as a Valentine's Day gift. <clears throat> and he bought me a VHS copy of something called Let's Go Caravanning. <laughs> Which was a documentary. And we watched it. We watched all of it. And, uh, and we still to this day, they always say at the end of the interview, I've got to ask you, how does she tow? <laughs> still say that to each other now. I've got to ask you. It. That's yeah, quite that's romantic. I got yeah. an amazing present one year from... And my partner hates me telling this story because it was my ex that gave me this amazing <laughs> present. But um, it was Christmas morning and he was like, right, sit in your gym jams, put shoes on, go back outside in all the snow to the back garden and like trudging out and then he handed me it, uh, like something really heavy wrapped up and unwrapped it and it was a brick like, <laughs> what is going on and then we walked into the garden and they off uh, free cycle he'd got an old 70s tv and he was like i'm assuming you've never thrown a brick through an old <laughs> 70s tv <laughs> But that was the best present I've ever had. Is he in prison now? (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. I think I've told this story before, but I, once for Valentine's Day, was given from an ex £65 worth of sex toys in a carrier bag (laughs) and a Bader Meinhof (laughs) t-shirt. Now, that person is definitely in prison. (laughs) No, he just knew his audience. (laughs) But when I went, oh, these are just sex... These are, this is a bit weird. It's loads of sex toys. He was like, well, they're all for you. <laughs> and they weren't second-hand now. Yeah. <laughs> Put them under a tap. They're fine. <laughs> oh, God. Mark, 
secret. You'd, yeah. If you'd given someone a present that you'd really thought about, would you want them to lie and pretend that they loved it, or would you want to hear the truth from them? Christmas Day, you've bought yeah, your I husband something be, be, my, that you love. My husband does a really weird thing where he doesn't really look at the present and he seems really not bothered by it. Because I think he's so worried he's not going to like it that he goes too far the other way. And so in March, he'll come in and go, this is brilliant. Where did this come from? And I'm like, I gave that to you for Christmas. <laughs> like, it's really nice. Yeah, I know. I put a lot of thought in it. Yeah, it's like the opposite of lying. Was he like that at the birth of your children? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Turned up in March. Yeah, yeah. months later. Great. Where's she come from? <laughs> My girlfriend is, uh, it, like, she's very good at buying presents. She sort of prides herself on it. So it puts a lot of pressure on oh, me to be sort yeah. of proportionately excited by the present. Mm. But luckily, I am a phenomenal liar. <laughs> and so I'm really good at being like, what? A book about India? No! <laughs> <laughs> but the trouble with that is that you then get a book about India every single for every single I love present India. from then on. Um, Basically, I'm saying yeah, lie a bit. You're saying but lie not, a bit. Not to the level that Nish does, but um, yeah. Oh, I, I think, Jess, do you I think... think you've got to be really, and I think everyone should be like, oh my god, thank you so much, because I received a present badly as a child, and because of the guilt. Oh yeah. My granddad got me a typewriter, and my friend got a Sega Mega Drive. <laughs> Uh, and I was on the phone to my friend. I hadn't asked for a Sega Mega Drive, I hadn't asked for a typewriter, but on the phone, audibly in front of my own granddad, I went, I wish I had your granddad! And my granddad heard, and my parents were like, my dad pretty much was like, you've been a cunt. <laughs> and I look back and go, yeah, was, that was appalling. So now I find it so upsetting whenever anyone isn't grateful enough about anything, to the point where if I'm driving and I let someone go and they don't say thank you, I kick off. Like Ram them. Ram well, yeah. well I, if the window's always down, I'll shout, You're welcome! <laughs> and often people think I've shouted, You wanker. <laughs> and like, it gets really aggressive, but I'm really high on having justice. See? <laughs> I really think you should be so grateful for things. The only time I reacted poorly to a present, it was the best present my girlfriend has got me, but then I was immediately furious with her reasoning for buying it for me. About three years ago, she bought me a record player, which I really wanted. I was absolutely delighted, and that delight immediately turned to disgust because she went, I got this for you because you seem like the sort of cunt who would have one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's not a single present that isn't followed with that phrase in my house. Kids and all. <laughs> I got you this Duplo because you seem like the sort of cunt who'd have one. I am doing that this year, you know I am. He's two, he won't remember. <laughs> So, Michael, you want the truth. No, if someone gives me a present, yeah. I would lie. You would lie. Yeah. In fact, any time, even to this day, I always lie. They give me a present, I don't like it, I open it up, I go, I'm Roger Moore's cousin. <laughs> <laughs> any lie that will basically just throw them off this fucking present. Sometimes do you say, I've actually got a lake. Yeah. <laughs> Very British. Um, ben, what is the actual answer? So the thing to do immediately, and uh, one point to Jess here, once you've opened the gift, immediately thank the giver. If you pause, you will seem disappointed. Try to say the right things. If you struggle, think about why they gave you the gift and thank them for that reason. Because <laughs> they think you're a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're a good actor, grin at them. If you're a bad actor... One way to hide your disappointment is to give them a hug. Um, and then we get on to, uh, to lying. So, um, 
if you don't have a moral issue with telling small lies, go ahead and say you like it. However, you should avoid telling a big lie. Say you love the president, but don't say it's the best president ever. So I gave a half to Nishir for saying he's a phenomenal liar, yes, but I gave a full point to Margaret yeah. for saying just lie a bit. Uh, and I gave no points for Michael for saying he's Roger Moore's cousin. <laughs> You've had enough points um, for that. We in your just life. had a bereavement in the family, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in which case, it isn't a lie. So, um, yeah. uh, if the person, <laughs> yeah, uh, if the person you gave a gift to is someone you know well, just tell them the truth. If they push, you can laugh about it together. A bad gift is not a big deal, but lying could make it into one. So, I gave Michael half a point for saying the truth is funnier. And uh, Nish, half a point for saying, go fuck yourself to his wife. <laughs> In the scenario, it was a wife. Um, and then finally, send a thank you card. It will put to bed some of the worry the gift giver might have had about your attitude. <laughs> oh, you could. Is your granddad still alive, Jess? Yeah, but he's not sure who I am anymore. <laughs> and then last time I saw him, a few weeks ago, he kept drawing me near and whispering in my ear, you gorgeous beast. <laughs> and it was really fucking horrible. Oh. And after about the third time, I went, God, I am your granddaughter. And he went, so? <laughs> <laughs> so in a way, everything's come full circle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even Stevens. <laughs> At the end of that round, what are the points, Producer Ben? Well, very close. Margaret and Nish are three and a half. Michael and Jess are four. <laughs> We're going to do an advert so people give us some money because um, we've never done that before. Get ready to feel a bit awkward and embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> Just three pounds can put an end to this fucking song. Can you shut the fuck up? Honestly, I'm trying to beg for some money off these nice people who are listening to do the right thing. I think after nearly 40 episodes... 38. 38 episodes. That's nearly 40. <laughs> after nearly 39 episodes... <laughs> you know what? I think we really deserve a Christmas bonus. Why don't you donate? Th like, three pounds is an amount of money, but feel free to donate everything you have. <laughs> Click on comedy.co.uk forward slash DTRT forward slash Xmas gift and help us feed Danielle's <laughs> awful child. <laughs> I got her so pregnant. Um, oh my God, please tell me Michael's not the father. <laughs> He can't be the father, he's vegan. <laughs> well, tonight, thank God it's them instead of you because this round is agony. In this round, I'll be getting the panel to give our audience the gift of advice. But first, let's see what Santa has left in their brain stockings by getting them to work out what a real agony aunt would do. Margaret, could you please read this? But before you do, I just need to say that if there are any young children listening to the show, please stop now. This next section will contain life spoilers. <laughs> Dear agony aunt... My 13-year-old stepdaughter still believes in Santa Claus. Completely. 
Last Christmas, our first as a family, I was stunned when she asked me how Santa would know how to find her at a new address. And just yesterday, she admitted to wondering how Santa could truly go down everyone's chimney at midnight. She's an incredibly bright child. No. (laughs) Very much a free thinker. She gave up on the tooth fairy years ago, but Santa's legitimacy isn't even on her radar. My husband is concerned she's going to embarrass herself around her peers, but at the same time, a part of me thinks it's kind of charming. So, do we spill the beans or not? Jess, you have a child. There's two. (laughs) Have you told him yet? Any lies? (laughs) Would you let him get to 13 still believing in Santa Claus? I feel like you've just said, are you going to parent him like a freak and a pervert? (laughs) (laughs) Well? (laughs) Margaret, your daughter's eight. Yeah. Does she still believe in Santa? I think she does, but I'm trying to lead her off. What I was thinking of doing was making her presents from Father Christmas weirder and more horrible every year. (laughs) (laughs) So that when she finds out he's not real, it'll be a relief. You know, <laughs> he starts leaving quite inappropriate things. <laughs> Premium bonds. <laughs> but would you let it tick over into the teens? No. She's not going to secondary school believing yes, it. I mean, that she's not. It's the exact cut off point. Yeah. Because I think legally you have to have some sort of education about sex when you're 11. You oh, can... God, you don't get that confused. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> a big old head fuck, the Father Christmas. <laughs> One day. Listen. Santa doesn't exist, and mummy and daddy be fucking. <laughs> but, like, it is possible, literally, to go through your entire school life, university, everything, and never have a conversation about Santa. Or so, sex. therefore, right, there, mm, therefore. <laughs> not this legend. No, um, <laughs> always talking about it. Right, always talking about it. <laughs> talk, talk, talk. Not for long. <laughs> um, what do you think is an appropriate age to believe in Santa Claus? I am 13 is terrible. But <laughs> then I know some people who are in their 40s that still believe in God. <laughs> Michael, if you were... <laughs> prove it, Michael. Come outside and prove it. If you were um, having sex with a lady in her 20s and she believed in Santa, would that put you off? Fucking <laughs> hell. Stopping myself from mentioning my sack. And I think that's very mature. Do you know what? I'd have to stop due to her being mentally ill. Yeah. Is that not fair? Nish, how would you broach the subject with your... Well, you I think I'd probably be quite... No, I don't. But I think I'd probably be quite stark with them because my parents didn't really go in for a lot of that stuff. Let's not dance around the phrase. White nonsense. They didn't really... <laughs> They did. I have this very distinct memory. I grew up in the early 90s and I believed in the tooth fairy. I was probably like six years old and I put my tooth under my pillow and my mum clearly just forgot. And the next day I said, oh, the tooth fairy didn't bring me any money. And my mum was like, well, there's a recession on. (laughs) 
It's like my mum explained to me what Black Wednesday was. And that's how I found out that the Tooth Fairy didn't exist. I found out that Santa didn't exist in a, a kind of the, very finite way. I had just got to the age, I think I was about seven, when I was quite inquisitive about it. So I put us on Christmas Eve, I put a sign on my door that said, Santa, if you really exist, prove it and sign here. And I'd written date and then signature and with dot, dot, dots for to sign on. But by the time that my dad came to put my stocking in, he was so wasted that he just saw sign here and he put the date and then did his real signature. He just signed it. He signed it. Keith Collins Foster That is the saddest thing. So we're all saying that if you had a 13-year-old stepdaughter who believed in Santa, you would... Definitely. I think if I met a 13-year-old in the street and they said, I believe in Santa, I'd be like, it's not real. And I'm doing this as an act of public service so you don't murder a bunch of Nish, people. Nish, stop talking to 13-year-old girls in the street. <laughs> no, but he's right. He is right. Like, if someone like that I had sex with 13 years ago and nine months ago, um, 13 years ago and what? nine months what? ago, two people, right? <laughs> 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 and they guess what? We have a daughter. She's 13 years old. He's, I'll be like, oh, my God, I've got a daughter. How exciting. What a complete turnaround, man. Nice to meet you. Hello. I believe in Santa. Ah, it's not working out. (laughs) 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 How would you broach this particular... Um, situation, Margaret. Oh, God. Stepdaughter, 13. Married this idiot. You've married Um, this dick who's let this go on. Yeah. (laughs) Leave clues. Like what? (laughs) How do you leave clues that you don't exist? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, (laughs) Philosophy degree really prepared me for this. It really took me a second to wrap my mind around that phrase. And what I did, I had a really lovely time. <laughs> you wrap presents in the same wrapping paper that you wrap the ones you give. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Or you just say, listen, you little piece of shit. Oh, no. You've yeah. had lessons about boning, so you definitely shouldn't believe that some bearded <laughs> man jumps down a fucking chimney and drops presents off, because you could be fucking right now, and that is not acceptable, so sort your life out. Good advice. Something Good like advice. you. You seem like the sort of cunt who believes in Father Christmas. That's what your girlfriend says. That's your opener. Let's go over to producer Ben. That's the real agony. Art. We must have got it. No one's got anything. Oh. Because this agony aunt is insane. <laughs> Uh, it's salon.com and the agony aunt said insofar as possible we tell our kids the truth but for every truth there are a thousand ways of telling I think you should tell your stepdaughter what can best be called the poetic truth she sounds like she possesses a very poetic soul and that what she gets (laughs) and what she gets from her belief is the pleasure of beauty and magic as such it may not be important to her whether it's literally true or not. What's important is that you're sensitive to what it means to her. Oh, no wonder America's fucked. Yeah. This, this is literally what people were trying to defend Michael Jackson with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what you want to communicate to your stepdaughter is the willingness to both know and believe. And then I think I would warn her, as if she did not already know that other children can be extremely cruel, and while it's perfectly acceptable to believe things others do not believe, it's sometimes wise to keep one's most cherished beliefs to oneself. I want this woman She's taken away from... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she has brought disgrace to salon.com. <laughs> 
Anyway, now that you've learned how a real agony aunt does it, let's see you deal with some Christmas-based problems from tonight's audience. Is James OB here? James's problem is this. My family wants me to spend Christmas Day with them, but they are a bunch of loud Essex assholes, and I'd rather (laughs) spend all day with my testicles in a vice. And it's those two choices. (laughs) The old tradition. Don't judge me. So festive. The nutcracker, too. they will moan about it for months but if I do go I'll probably tell them all to fuck off at some point and I'll never hear the end of that at all how can I dodge Christmas and stay in the will (laughs) (laughs) yeah are they going to have much of a will yeah what are we talking has anyone say owning a lake by any chance James O.B., do you have to spend every Christmas with your family? No, we've managed to dodge it for the last few years, but this year is Dad's 80th and it's going to be a big one. And Can you go, but for the entire time be on ketamine? <laughs> <laughs> Why is it so bad? Is it just really noisy and loud? Or No, they're assholes. It's their actual opinions. Are they very Brexity? Two of them voted Brexit. Ouchie. Ooh. But... They don't do talking like normal human beings do talking. They do talking at... Brother, you just used the phrase, do talking. (laughs) (laughs) All I'm saying is people in glass houses may do throwing. The apple doesn't fall farnish. (laughs) Do you know what you you should do? You should fake your own death. Yes, yes. Which is Danielle's answer to everything. (laughs) And then on New Year's Day, you go, surprise! (laughs) Just just like Jesus did. (laughs) My solution, turn up with a person of colour. got a couple of hours to kill on Christmas Day, right? Because the Kumar household doesn't, the vibe doesn't really start until sort of four or five. So what White nonsense, am I right? Well, yeah, white nonsense, exactly. <laughs> what is this, lunch? Uh, I'll pop out. I'll turn up where, I'm wearing a, I've got a t-shirt for the benefit of the listeners, I'm wearing a t-shirt with both the members of Outcast on it. I'll turn up wearing this t-shirt, that's people of colour cubed, and we'll just... <laughs> Works. We we walk it. <laughs> Trust me, I've met enough of my white friends' racist relatives. It... <laughs> you walk in with me five minutes, they'll kick you out. You never have to go back. Deal? Do we have a deal? <laughs> my day rate is one thousand pounds. <laughs> but I'm thinking it would be worth it. Just yeah. a heads up, ketamine's quite a lot cheaper than. <laughs> Jess has got some for sale, Jess. <laughs> I think we've circled a lot of interesting schemes, but I think we've all, we're all in agreement. Horse Pretend to be a robot. <laughs> Send a robot. <laughs> Pretend Come to dressed be... as a Dalek and say, this is who I am now. Send a Dalek. Turn up and pretend to be you from two years in the future. <laughs> Guys, Brexit went so badly. <laughs> yeah, turn up in just a loincloth. It just turns out saying Brexit means Brexit didn't do anything. <laughs> wow. God, I think I might do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's Brilliant. all do that this Christmas. Brilliant. Brilliant. James O.B., was any of that helpful? All of it. All of it. So <laughs> Points for everyone. Yeah, who would you give points to? I really do want to show up with Nish on my, <laughs> on my parents' doorstep on Christmas Day. 
and you know what? A thousand pounds is sounding like a decent deal. Yeah. Lovely stuff. I'm in. But actually, I want to give the points to Jess because I think ketamine's easier to find than an Asian man in Essex on Christmas Day. <laughs> I'm grateful, but also sad. <laughs> um, so next we have Paddy. Is Paddy here? His wife's birthday is on Boxing Day. Is your wife here? No. And every year she's upset to get birthday presents with reindeers and holly on the wrapping paper. What should I do? Well, <laughs> I've no idea. I mean, I think we're all stumped there. Right, I mean, Paddy. there isn't a solution Sorry. to that, is Can there? Can you explain it again? Do you try and make a special effort on Boxing Day for her birthday? Not until now, no. <laughs> Paddy. I mean... Paddy, there's a real tension in the room. Yeah. Because everyone's... Voice is really deep and scary. Yeah, because everyone's like, is Paddy fucking the biggest piece of shit in the world? <laughs> yes. Do you buy a present that's like one big thing, like one big kettle? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the dream. That's why, I, that's why I ask for every year one big kettle. Otherwise known oh. as a cauldron. <laughs> This year? I haven't decided yet. Any, any ideas? <laughs> A new, new husband. New husband. <laughs> oh, you sound like a real catch, Paddy. <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing, but I feel like crying. <laughs> Also, because Paddy, I don't know whether you've got like a, a frog in your throat or something, or whether you just have a genuinely Tom Waitsian voice. But I can imagine that when she gets a present that's wrapped in Christmas wrapping, and you just go, "Happy fucking birthday!" <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really sell the festivity. <laughs> oh, Paddy, who do you think your wife would give points to? Keep in mind, I've said nothing. <laughs> Because you're scared. <laughs> no, I'll be honest with you, I'm still baffled by the fucking question. Yeah. I'm a cunt. What's the problem? <laughs> you, you're the fucking problem. I think because of that, um, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Okay, let's check the scores. Producer Ben. Well, uh, storming round for uh, Michael and Jess, who now have six. Margaret Nish still on three and a half. No. <laughs> it's time to ask the Christmas expert. Ask, 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 ask. Yeah. This is the round where the panel have to think like wise men and women by second guessing people with areas of expertise. So let's welcome today's festive know it all. It's Christmas tree expert Helen Cripps. <laughs> Hi guys, hello. Hello, hello. He Helen sells Christmas trees. Yeah. Uh, and she's also an actor and comedian and writer. But, um, <laughs> Boring. Helen, how, Hi, how come you're a Christmas tree expert? Well, Danielle, uh, I've sold Christmas trees for, I'd say, nigh on six years now. And, um, you know, well, I'm an actor, so that's what one does. Good seasonal work. Exactly. And how many trees have you sold in your life? <laughs> Did you what? keep count? Yes. Um... <laughs> 3,107. What? Is that... Is that... <laughs> <laughs> what? Right, Pamela, in a moment you're 
going to have to second guess what Helen would do in some Christmas tree based scenarios but before then you've got the chance to get to know her a little bit better if you do have any questions um, when you go home at night do you see Christmas trees like when you shut your eyes yeah occasionally I do sort of feel pine needles about my body um, I'm a clean person just so you know <laughs> I wash twice a day but I still twice find twice a day? What, what, how many overdoing how it. Many ta- yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many times do you wash? Once a week. Okay. <laughs> I'm a twice a day kind of girl. And, um, like two full showers? No, God, no. Oh, you just <laughs> What, top just half and bottom half? Top half in the morning, bottom in the evening, that sort of thing. No, um, I, I wash, you know... Is this... Are we talking about... <laughs> Or how I wash. I couldn't remember. What's the what, wash once properly? W- once again, sort of semi. What's 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 the question? <laughs> I, um, is there a way of stopping the needles like falling from the tree with yeah. pets and wind? Jess, number one, you need to buy a non-drop tree. Okay. What's a but non-drop I, tree? That yeah. terrifies I'm glad me. You a non-drop asked. tree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, the thing is, is uh, a drop tree, you're looking at the Norway spruce, guys. The, uh, the traditional um, spiky needle affair. Best thing about that is, A, it's cheap, but B, it's got that lovely pine scent. You know, when you like come into your room, you're like, Christmas is here. And that is what that tree will give you. But if you want one that doesn't drop its needles, you either are going to have to pay through the nose, or you're going to have to get one that doesn't smell. So you've got tree. a lake to decorate. So. <laughs> now, if you've got a lake, you'll probably get the noble fur, but we'll come on to that later. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Um, Helen, if you walk into a house and they've got an artificial tree, do you oh. walk out immediately? Burn that cunt down. <laughs> Before or after projectile puking in her <laughs> face. Now, those two things would be what I'd do first. In fact, my parents have a fake tree, which is actually oh, oh, God. extremely oh, God. embarrassing. Given My parents life. prefer Romesh, so we've all got problems. <laughs> Scenario one. This is the first scenario put to Helen. Brexit enthusiast Jacob Rees-Mogg has come to buy a Christmas tree. In between lecturing Helen about why food banks are good, contraception is bad, and same-sex marriage is evil, he keeps badgering her to tell him which of the hundreds of trees on sales is the best tree. Despite Helen trying to point out that is a stupid question, Jacob won't take no for an answer. What would Helen do in this situation? Have you ever sold a tree to Jacob (laughs) Rees-Mogg? No, but I have sold one to Geoffrey the butler from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Whoa! He lived in West London. Yes, I he did. Oh, I my God. Yes, exactly. The on the side of the North Circular. That's yeah. where I sold it to him. He lives on the side no, of the North Circular. Oh, my God. Guys, the 90s was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, what would you do if you were Helen and Jacob Rees-Mogg? has come in asking well, for the fuck best tree. <laughs> fuck the shit out of him. <laughs> I'd dress him up as Postman Pan and fuck him and fuck him and fuck him. I've just got you pregnant. <laughs> so pregnant. I think I would rugby tackle him. I think if I saw him, I'd be so incensed that I would just... I, I he surely also, doesn't walk around. He can't. No. <laughs> the thing about Jacob Rees-Mogg is that I think he'd take the rugby tackle as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> like a running cuddle. That's, that's all that's what a rugby tackle is, really. 
that's the problem. Helen, that's his main problem. What would you do in this situation, <laughs> Helen? The thing is, what I genuinely do is, um, when someone asks me for the best treat, which is a ludicrous question, because there are literally hundreds, as if I've looked at them all, I would just suddenly say, oh, God, actually, I hadn't seen it before, but that one is the best one. And then they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, genuinely. And for some reason, even though I'm obviously a freelance person and I don't work for Santa... They would take my opinion of something that they're going to look at for a month in their house when obviously I want to get rid of them and they would genuinely take my advice. Would you give him one that had a squirrel in it or would you keep that for best? (laughs) It's a tricky one, isn't it? It's the one we're all wondering about. I don't know Jacob well enough. Does he like squirrels or not? Are they English squirrels? Ah, it's it's a red squirrel from the Isle of Wight. So what do we say about that? Do they have abortions? I you tried know, selling one with a Romanian family living in it. <laughs> really, the dream is a couple of gay Romanian abortionists. That's yeah. really the ideal. He yeah. pops the tree up and suddenly they start running around and aborting Abort- things. Gay, gay, just, just, just gay Romanian children whose parents didn't really want them. Occasionally we do get a couple of those. Um, so... <laughs> If I saw one, that is the one that I would say for him. Should he visit the A406? Well, uh, here's the second scenario for Helen. It's 8pm on Christmas Eve and your husband, Jacob Rees-Mogg... <laughs> taken a turn. Yeah. <laughs> it went very well last year. <laughs> Snipped out to buy eggnog. Whilst he's away, you decide to test out his present. It's a high-powered vacuum cleaner before wrapping it. But, oh no, it's much more powerful than you thought and all the pine needles have been sucked off the Christmas tree and it is ruined. Your in-laws are arriving first thing in the morning and, if anything, they're more traditional insane than their son. Without a Christmas tree in the house, they will disown you and your chance of getting your hands on the Rees-Mogg millions. What would Helen recommend you do in this situation? Just go out and buy another one. No, Christmas Michael, Eve. Michael, it's 8 p.m. on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. And we shut at 12 p.m. Sharp. <laughs> I think you should dress as the tree yourself. <gasps> that is so good. Yeah, and get out of having conversations with your indoors the next day. I hate to disagree with my teammates. It's ridiculous. But I would say Offensive. when they arrive, answer the door fully nude and pass the whole thing off as naked Christmas. <laughs> Michael, what would you do to the tree? What do you think Helen would do? Well, I mean, the last thing she wants to do is upset Jacob Mm Rees-Mogg. Oh, yeah. Open the hoover up and glue all the bits back together. (laughs) Oh, that's lovely. It is a lovely idea, and it gives the entire family something to do. (laughs) Michael, as a vegan, would you put a Christmas tree in a chipper? Um... (laughs) Oh, and Jess, you're a vegan well, too. Well, we've got to have something to do, so yeah. <laughs> I genuinely you? thought you were just say, as a vegan, do you celebrate Christmas? <laughs> no, we don't really celebrate anything. No. <laughs> too tired. What do you say? So... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Helen, what would you do in this situation? I know from selling them for a few years that a lot of people do buy their trees early because they're going away probably to the Maldives for Christmas um, and they say, I just need it the last two weeks. So if they're organised, they would just then get rid of it before Christmas. So I, I reckon that there'd be a number of people with trees that might be on the street because they're done with them already. 
So my advice would be to scour the streets of posh people oh. and eat. Yes, exactly. And burgle them exactly. while it's still got the no, coat. No, no, just no, not burgle. I might do that instead of yeah, getting a tree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I genuinely would recommend it. <laughs> Before we let you go, Helen, is there anything you would like to plug? Oh, what, about trees? or <laughs> No. I do do a web series, so maybe people want to look at that. It's, it's, oh, oh, here we go. It's weird now, isn't it? Is this weird? No, no maybe not. No. Um, yeah, I do a web series with my very good friend and fellow writer-comedian called Sophia Di Martino, and it's called Self Tapes. So that's that. It'd be nice if we had some more subscribers. So um, please subscribe to that. Do that. Is it on YouTube? It's on YouTube, yeah. But Helen I've also sells Christmas trees. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Christmas tree expert, Helen Cripps. <laughs> Before we hit the final round, let's see what the scores are, producer Ben. Well, I don't think anyone scored anything in that round. So, Michael and Jess still have six, and Margaret and Nish still have three and a half. Right where we want them. Just like your mum kissing scary homeless Santa under a viaduct, (laughs) it's time to do the wrong thing. round, I want the panellists to tell me what is the wrongest thing to do in any given situation. The winner gets Christmas crabs. (laughs) (laughs) The round ends when producer Ben does his best impersonation of Ten Pipers piping. It's Christmas Eve. A pregnant lady asks if she can give birth in your garage. What is the wrong thing to do? Punch her in the bump. (laughs) That is the most wrong thing. Don't tell her that your garage is in the Republic of Ireland and once she gives birth to her child she'll be thrown into a nunnery and the child will be put into an orphanage because that's how far back they are <laughs> I think I <laughs> no I'm going to bask in that round of applause <laughs> your snowman comes to life what is the wrong thing to do um, punch uh, it in the bum <laughs> uh, ask it to help move your parents into a home <laughs> <laughs> Trust that it can fly. Yeah. <laughs> on the fifth day of Christmas, your true love sends to you five gold nipple rings. What's the wrong thing to do? Put them on your five gold nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Put them on eBay under the pretense that they were once worn by Take That. <laughs> Amazing. Put them all together and say that you're doing a tiny nipple Olympics. Ah, that's nice. That's not wrong at all. That's lovely. Santa gets stuck up your chimney and he looks exactly like the man who left you at the altar. What is the wrong thing to do? Leave him at the altar. <laughs> Put an altar up the chimney. <laughs> There's a world outside your window and it's a world of dread and fear. What's the wrong thing to do? Say, oh, fucking shut up, Remainers. Get on board. <laughs> It's 7pm on Christmas Day and Nana has just died. What is the wrong thing to do? Try and perform an impromptu remake of Weekend at Bernie's with your grandmother. (laughs) Say, um, well, I suppose we'll have to tape Downton then. (laughs) Wrap her up and give her to Grandma. (laughs) As Bing Crosby once said to David Bowie, what's with all that sex alien shit? <laughs> so what are the final scores, producer Ben? Michael and Jess have nine, and Margaret and Nish have six and a half. First 
done. Michael and Jess, thanks for listening to the show. Happy holidays! Do the right thing, thanks to Jess Foster, Foolish, Kumar, Mark,